Play action again. Throw across the oh, middle. Yeah. Wide, wide open. open. Nick Anderson's going to score again. All he does is score touchdown. 29-yard <laughs> touchdown, Nick Anderson. Gabriel to throw. Deep shot. He's wow. got Anderson open. He's in again. He did it again. Nick Anderson. Touchdown sooner. John Rice Plumley. Back to pass under pressure. Bam! Drop! Sack! Peyton Bowen! The kid makes plays! Gabriel waiting for the football. He's got it. He's going to throw. Swings it out. Caught by Stoops. Makes a cut to the 10. He's to the 5. Touchdown! Drake Stoops! Touchdown! The handoff. Sawchuck up the middle. 25. Watch out. 20. He's to the 15. Pay dirt. Sawchuck runs sideways. End zone. Touchdown. Plumley swings it out to him. Townsend caught at the 10. He's got a ways to go. He's not going to get there. Dolby wraps him up. It's no good. Onside kick attempt. Headed to the near sideline, spinning, spinning, jumped on, it's loose, Stogner dies for it, the official is pointing Sooner football, they're unpiling, and Austin Stogner has recovered. Victory! DJ Collins! All I do is win, 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 no matter what, got money on my mind, I can never get enough, and every time I step up in the building, everybody hands go up. Everybody that ain't a Sooner is holding their breath, waiting for Oklahoma to collapse. And man, there were some people that was ready to celebrate. They was ready to celebrate. But they don't know. They don't know. The heart of this football team. And they stay there. And they stay there. And they stay there. Yeah, people were watching very intently across the country and um, were let down whenever the Sooners pulled off the victory over UCF on Saturday. Not everyone else across the country that was undefeated was so fortunate. Um, There was a lot of bad play out there. I, I say bad play. Teams that maybe were taken to the limit or even beat by opponents that they're you would you would think that they're um, much better than so, you know that that's college football, man. It happens every single year, without doubt. Good teams lose to inferior teams. It just it happens. If you can dodge those bullets, and and just continue to advance and and continue to work and fix your problems as you move forward, you're uh, you're one of the very very few. Sounds right? like you're talking about North Carolina. Who uh, yep. was undefeated, got beat at home by Virginia on Saturday. Yeah, they did. not great. A very, very bad. I mean, I, I don't know. Say what you want. They were, what, one and five going into the game? Mm-hmm. And they beat an, an undefeated North Carolina that had a Heisman Trophy candidate at quarterback. Yeah, um, like we let off the show today, I did not feel great about things Saturday. And not that I feel good about the performance overall on Saturday, but I feel uh, less worse about it than I did running out of the stadium. I uh, I just go back to the defense. I, I you can't take away that last drive, but I thought outside that last drive, all in all, a, a pretty good game. I just I want to see this offense win, and, and not that it's been all bad this year because it hasn't been. But the past couple of weeks, I think we've seen a couple of instances where the defense puts this team in a spot to really run away with the game and put it away. Had that opportunity against Texas. Ball at midfield up 10 after a turnover. I think you had it in the first quarter on Saturday as well. I just want to see this offense do a better job of taking more taking advantage of those spots that they're put in. 
you know? Yeah. Because there was a very it was a very good chance for us to get into the second quarter and say, Yeah, this game's over. It's seventeen nothing, it's twenty one nothing. Oh, you dominated the first quarter. UCF's not gonna make a game out of this. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um you know, you you at some point you're going to have to hit your stride and start playing championship level football. And I think we've done that in some short spurts, but I don't think we've put together a full game yet. Not, I mean, I don't know that anyone would argue that we have, um, but as we're approaching November and you know, you what we've got five games remaining, you're getting to that territory where, okay, it's time to start playing clean football, um, mistake-free, capitalizing on on situations whenever they present themselves, and stomping people out early whenever you have the opportunity. That's Maybe. what I yeah no that's what I'd like to see moving because they is they do a lot of great things, but there's still some mistakes that's just what are you doing at times right like in offsides penalty after making back-to-back great plays, a pass interference when you've got them backed up on a long third down. This team does a lot of good stuff, a lot of good things, but there's still a lot of times where they make some mistakes that you say that that can't happen moving forward. That can't happen down the stretch. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I I still feel very solid that, that it's going to happen, and I imagine it's going to happen quickly. Um, you know, I think there's still a lot of really good stuff happening out there. And, you know, I, I, the running game on offense seems to get most of the heat, and rightfully so. I guess it's – maybe it's switched because it was, it was Dylan Gabriel for a long time. Like all of the – all of the, you know, complaints felt like they were aimed towards him or at least the majority of them. Seems like maybe now it's, you know, the run game stuff, and those have always been there as well. But, you know, I still think that our run game is good. It's not great, but the run game is good. Um, And I don't – I guess I'm past expecting or hoping for, you know, one of the backs to all of a sudden – I. Hit some rhythm that changes. Oh, Gavin Saltzuk didn't draw you back in after that fourth quarter. No, not yet. But I'm not saying that it's it's like it's not going to happen. I just I wouldn't expect it. Yeah, you know, I, uh, I, I would expect more of kind of what we've seen. Let's see if the text line agrees with this. Um, the overall grade I'm fine with. I think the description here is is pretty crap. CBS gives OU a C-minus performance on Saturday. So hit us up on the text line. What do you think of that? 405-651-3439. Yeah, Texas fans, that was OU C-minus performance. Not <laughs> what happened in the Cotton Bowl a couple of weeks ago. But it says Oklahoma was a 17-point favorite at kickoff, but the Sooners didn't play like it in the 31-29 win over UCF. This was an interesting game for a Sooners team that went from hunter to hunted after the win over Texas two weeks ago. They didn't handle it well at all. The Sooners needed a failed two-point conversion by UCF with just over one minute to play to avoid overtime. So that sounds to me like, and I think that this was Barrett Salee that did this, whatever. 
But it was, well, yeah, OU didn't handle the Texas win all that well. They came out flat and didn't play well against an inferior opponent. They couldn't handle the Texas. I just, I disagree with that. Again, I thought the defense came out awesome the first 15 minutes. UCF had one first down. Teddy, the UCF fans had like the Bronx cheer at the end of the first quarter because they finally had a first down. To me, it wasn't about coming out flat on Saturday. It was about missing two field goals and not taking of your uh, advantage of your field position and your opportunities offensively. That's what yeah. it was about. This team, I, I just don't think that team came out flat at all. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know what to credit it to. You can credit it to whatever you want. Uh, if you want to credit it to the fact that they came out flat after the OU Texas game, you know, and after a bye week, okay, fine. If you want to say that they came out flat because they didn't take UCF seriously, fine. I, I really don't care what what, what the, the prevailing thought is as to why it happened. I just don't want it to happen again. You know, I, and I don't know that you can ever prove with any – it, with anything of what actually happened out there other than we had opportunities just didn't click in some moments and it it allowed UCF to stay in the game for way longer than they should have yeah I credit it to whatever you want what uh, before we get to the text line what's the main what's the number one takeaway from this game the fact that they just found a way to win again who cares what it looked like the two missed field goals. The running game not looking great for the first three quarters, and it kind of finds its groove in the fourth quarter. Uh, the failed two-point conversion, what an interesting play call that was. What's what's the main takeaway from Saturday? I think the main takeaway is um, – I, I don't know what the main takeaway is. I guess it's that Nick Anderson Five straight is, games. A superstar. He's wide receiver one. Um, which is something that we haven't talked about. And this is partially me wanting to hear what you think about this and also partially dodging what the main takeaway is because <laughs> I don't know. Um, I think it's they just found a way to win again. I, and yeah. they wouldn't have done that last year, at least I don't think. So that's probably it. Right. Did we miss Andrew Anthony? Yeah. Yes. Now, Nick Anderson's so good that he ended up being, um, you know, the legit deep threat that you needed. But I say yes because it didn't feel like there was just a ton of separation. Like, as much as we said earlier that, golly, it felt like, oh, you had to fight for every just three-yard gain in the run game. Well, outside of the first, really outside of the two um, Nick Anderson touchdowns, it felt like you had to fight for everything you, you had in the passing game, too. Yeah. Didn't it? No, it did. Nothing it came did. easy offensively on Saturday outside of really those two plays to Anderson. Right. No, it, it did. Um, you know, we we really didn't push the ball down the field a whole heck of a lot, did we? How many no. deep shots do you think we took? Um, two. I mean, do you want to count the first one as a as a deep ball to Anderson, the touchdown that he had? I mean, they didn't have more than five. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think we – I think we made up for his absence, but I do think that we miss him. Yep. It's it's definitely better to have him out there. And I thought I thought Nick Anderson played really well, clearly. I thought Jane Gibson, you know, with, with some more snaps, came in and did well. I thought Pedway, who had 
a handful of opportunities, you know, did some good stuff out there. I mean, I, the receivers, I thought, for the most part all day, um, did a really good job. I know what Anderson had that one drop whenever he was hit him right in the face mask is what it looked yeah, like. Yeah, I think he was he was about to spin out and he was, you know, just didn't watch the ball all the way in. You know, but I thought all in all the receivers played pretty well. So I you know, I there it wasn't glaring that we, we missed him out there, but clearly it would be better to have him. So nine one eight grade should be a C instead of a C minus. Our team knows they are the hunted now and they handle it well since they won. 918, grade of C-minus is fair, maybe even generous. Drop passes at least four, horribly timed penalties, mishandled snaps, two missed field goals, no turnovers generated, three sacks allowed after allowing only four in the first six games. Every unit was a mess, and then in all caps, except punter. (laughs) Yeah, there's some truth to that. Yeah, yeah, hey, again, it was sloppy. There was, there's plenty of bad stuff out there. I don't think anyone's denying that. I just don't know where to attribute it to. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Two one four C plus on offense and B plus for the defense. Yeah, it's, it's an A if they don't give up that last touchdown drive there. Ronnie Crimson yeah. says I'm going to say C plus. Did we play good? No. Did we win a game we wouldn't have won in years past? Yes. Are we seven and zero? Yes. I'll say this, it was a good week, and you kind of ran down at the top of the segment what else happened in college football. It was a good week to have a win like this because there were so many other teams that won like this on Saturday, yeah. you know? You didn't yep. necessarily stick out. Right. Uh, well. Look more like B-minus on defense and a D-plus on offense. Here's agree with the C-minus. C-minus is fair, so, yeah, that's kind of the sample size we have. Right. Kicker gets an F, says Canik the uh, Kryptonium. Before we hit a break, here's a here's a question I have for you. Now, I think the defense is the best side of the ball that OU has up to this point. Yeah. I don't think that there's going to be much uh, pushback on that on the text line, but the strength of this team is the defense. Is it fair? Is it too early to say that we're already seeing like the backbone of this program now is on the defensive side of the ball? for the first time in well over a decade? I think so. I, I mean, I, I think that, you know, I think it's pretty clear that it is a defensively led football team. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean that it has, the defense has to be the best side of the ball. It just means that kind of like your mindset and the approach and it's just, there's just a different feel to how the programs run. Right. Yep. I mean, and it's some of the stuff that, and obviously I'm a, I was a defensive player, so I'm heavily biased and you know, I, I, I have always felt that the best way to run a program is through your defense for a bunch of different reasons because well, – History of OU even says that. They, they haven't won a national championship ever in program history without an elite defense. Yeah. It's, there's, there's different things that you have to prioritize and, and celebrate and cheer whenever you're a defensive-minded football team, a defensively-led football team. And – like whether you 
there's just there's a feeling amongst offensive coaches, and they probably wouldn't even admit to this, but there's a feeling among offensive coaches that, oh, it doesn't matter, they can't stop us, and it doesn't matter if we if we can't do this and if we can score like that, if if we can do all these things, it just it you know really doesn't matter. And whenever that's the case, I everything else slides because in order to play, like you can play great offense by having the best quarterback on the field. You can't play great defense by having the best linebacker on the field or by having the best, you know, pass rusher on the field. It just doesn't happen. You have to have all 11 guys in more than 11 tied to one another. You have to play with discipline. You, you have to trust your teammates. There's way more that goes into it. And to me, it's a better way to build a program other uh, than let's just try and have the best player on the field at all times. To sum that all up, someone just did that from the 405. It's just different around here. Different. They said. Yep. Different. All right. Quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Keep hitting the text on 651 3439. Final hour rolls on next. A true Sooner fan wouldn't be caught dead without the KRF app. Join the Army. Get the app. Tell your friends. This is The Ref, where diehard Sooner fans listen. Get ready for a night of solid gold with the Temptations and the Four Tops. Same night, same stage. October 24th, Apache Casino Hotel, Lawton, Oklahoma. The Temptations and the Four Tops together live. Reserve seats on sale now at Casino Cage or online at ApacheCasinoHotel.com. The top I need bail money and I've got another money-making t-shirt idea for your K-Ref store to make the rest of the Tiny 12 kiss our derriere goodbye. Well, I'm sure this will be family-friendly. Don't be such a whip. I'm keeping this PG-13 here. It just says so long and thank you for the trophies. You know, that's not half bad. All right. Well, they're about to cut me off, so send that bail money to... Uh-oh. Check out the KRF store at KREF.com to get our farewell to the Big 12 shirt and much more. The KRF store, the home of Sooner fans to suit up for the Ref Army. I'm going to put Drake on the spot. Put him on the spot, Coach. Yo, 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 yo! Because Drake, he grew up in this locker room. All right, he's seen it all. He's been in all the big ones. All right, yo, he's been yo. in the great wins. He's been in some tough losses. Right, what's this, what does this win mean to you? Man, I love y'all boys, bro. Being a part of Team 129 after all that adversity last year, it just proves the, the amount of toughness and resiliency we have through adversity, bro. Mm-hmm. Last year, we might not have came out of a game like that. This year is different. Really? You know what I'm saying? Winning is winning. And it's hard. So keep pushing. Hey, and let's keep this thing going. Right Family on three. One, two, three. Awesome stuff. Drake Stoops after the game. OU 7-0, moving on to play Kansas, 11 a.m. this weekend. Many of you are texting about the uh, Bedlam time. Not released yet. It'll be on a uh, six-day window. But just go ahead and mentally prepare for Bedlam being an 11 a.m. game as well. Just mentally prepare for every game being an 11 a.m. game through here on out, right? That's the best way to go about it. Yes. I think OU already has, uh, like in terms of games played and scheduled, six, which uh, is, is a lot. They'll have more 11 a.m. kicks. Yes. I, I mean, are, do we have any games as of right now that... No. 
are not that are scheduled for a different time. The only two you have scheduled are uh, Saturday and the TCU game the day after Thanksgiving, and those are both 11 a.m. games. Both 11 a.m. at Oklahoma State. I would, I would guess with a high degree of certainty that that will be an 11 a.m. kick. They're playing better. Last Bedlam for a while. Storylines there are obvious. Okay, at BYU is interesting because it's out west. I. Do you have a feeling on that game? It doesn't feel like it would be an 11 a.m., but I just don't know. doesn't feel like it'd be 11 a.m. However, Colorado, like they never made Pac-12 teams play 11 a.m. games. Right. Until Colorado hired Dion, and they played two at home this year. But that was, mm. you know, kind of a special circumstance. I'd be right. very surprised if OU is big noon this week, they're big noon against OSU, that they would throw throw them big news. I, I don't know. I, I I don't think that they'll be 11 a.m. Uh, out there in Provo. I don't either. I would guess a night game, though. I think we've got five games remaining. I think four of the five will be 11 a.m. kicks. Two already are. I think Oklahoma State, West Virginia will be as well. I will not be betting against that. I will not be betting against that. Um, a lot of concern on the text line, as you might imagine about the kicking situation on Saturday. Right. I, uh, I don't think it helped that UCF's kicker goes three for three and he has the last name Boomer. That right. probably did not make you feel any better about the two missed kicks in the uh, first half. Colton Boomer, three for three with a long of 48. He's pretty good. Yeah. And yes, the uh, transfer portal jokes were flying. <laughs> Boomer's his last name. Why how the hell can't we get him in the portal? Come on. Yeah. Yep. No, and I get it. I do. Uh, I wish I had an answer. I don't know I, what the rest of our kicker capabilities look like. I don't know what you do other than maybe you get more aggressive on anything that's a longer field goal or the conditions aren't perfect for kicking a field goal. Outside of that, I don't know what you do. You can't just create one. I guess you can hold some tryouts for walk-ons. I don't know. Outside of that. Oki Tom says, Tawi, ready to go for Saturday? It's a good question, Oki Tom. We haven't even talked about that. How have we made it this far without hitting on that? Well, because the kicker missed two kicks. They couldn't run the ball for the (laughs) first three. Do I need to go down the topic list? Because I I could actually see how. um, Yeah, sounds like there was a, uh, how to phrase it, a disagreement with one of the staff members. Yeah. That led to a suspension. Yep. I, here's a complete guess, Okie Tom, and I'm sure Brent will be asked about this tomorrow at the press conference. I'm guessing it's a one-game suspension and he's back on Saturday. Yeah. Hell, maybe it was a two-game suspension and they saw what the running backs looked like and they said, no, nah, never mind, it's one. I'm kidding about that, but I, I, I think Tawi will probably be back on Saturday. I expect him to be back. Um, I don't know any of the circumstances of the situation what's this tell me the scuttlebutt so i can at least know what people are scuttlebutt is that during practice he uh had a disagreement with a staff member what staff member um you know certain players have certain position coaches okay i'm i <laughs> That's just that's you just asked for the scuttlebutt. That's not the yeah, no, that, and, and that's is. that's really all I know. So, 
Um, I mean, it it sounds like that. I mean, you've got to have some principles on some things that you've you've declared and you've gotten behind, and your expectations, and you hate it because, like, what's are you punishing the entire team by not having one of the better players out there, or you know what I'm saying? I mean, yep. it, it's a it's a tough line, but. If if you are adamant about building the culture you that you want and holding one another accountable, then I, you just you got to make those hard decisions. And I expect Holly to be back out there. Um, you know, not knowing what went down, that may not be the case. Maybe it's two weeks. Maybe it's more. But I expect him to be back out there, and you know, it's. It's clear now more than ever he's our best running back. Yeah, he is. He really is. Um, in more ways than one, like yeah. pass blocking situation, just just o- overall. I mean, he's your most capable back of running through the trash, breaking some tackles, which they didn't do mm-hmm. a very good job of for the first three quarters. I guess the question now is, with Tawi Walker being out, it did create an opportunity for Sawchuck. He had 10 carries, 63 yards, and a touchdown. And if you can get past the first series of the game, which was bad. I mean, no other way to say it. He did some nice things late. So, do we have to reassess the running back position? Like, Tallwee's your best back. Who is now your number two back? Does Marcus Major get the second most carries? Sawchuck? What do they do now moving uh, forward? In my opinion, it's it's Tallwee and it's Marcus Major. I feel like it has been the entire year. I haven't seen anything that changes that. Now, maybe Sawchuck is is going to start getting some more reps and being in the mix a little bit more but i didn't i didn't see i mean he had a handful of of nice runs in the fourth quarter and he had the touchdown run but i and i still don't even know if were they letting him score there was he supposed to go down did they talk about that like i don't think that he, i don't i don't think they let him score I mean, it's they still weird, had three. Though, in they a still situation had, like that. They that still had three would, timeouts at that point. That's why I was like, "Dude, like you've had a bit, having issues running the ball all day." I was like, "Just go score and go up eight. Defense will get a stop." That was like half right. I know, but and I don't know. I, like going and scoring is a fine decision, in my opinion. Um, but that's a weird feeling to have in a game like that. Whenever you're about to, you know, have a touchdown. Unless they had talked about it. You know what I'm saying? Well, maybe he was just so wide open in the open field that they haven't seen that all year long. He didn't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, wait, 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 it's too easy. I'm supposed to go down or something? What's going on? Uh, that was uh, – it was interesting. But I didn't – I saw some nice stuff late, but I didn't see enough to suggest that the pecking order at running back has changed. He had um, – I mean, they gave him the start – and they gave him an opportunity. They really gave Gavin Sawchuck an opportunity to really kind of, um, you know, put himself in position to be maybe the number two running back moving forward and get a lot of carries. But he just didn't fully take advantage of that until late. I mean, they gave him the start on Saturday and yeah. got him involved early, two of the first three plays of the game. So he had. They gave him an opportunity, like show us something here. Yeah. And he just, yeah, didn't end up getting the most carries. Marcus Major had eight more carries than him. 
Wilson on the text line says, ran into some UCF fans after the game, and I told them we were going to go after their kicker. They said, no blanking way, keep your hands off, Boomer. <laughs> the UCF fans were an interesting bunch. I don't know how much you could hear up there in the radio booth, but the whole game, dude, when OU was on offense, Dylan, Dylan, <laughs> Dylan. Did you hear that at all? No. Yeah. And then That's they good. made some, like, every time uh, Boomer would kick a field goal, and maybe even when they kicked it off, it was, I couldn't tell exactly, but it was almost like a, Boom is what their whole fans would say. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, there was a, what, a a pretty good group of them there in the north end zone and then scattered nicely throughout. And I I saw early, you know, when we were on campus corner from seven to eight, they were on campus corner at well before 8 a.m. getting it in. They had a nice representation at uh, O'Connell's before the game, I'll tell you that much. Good deal. Jeez. Good for them. Sarks Vodka says, I love DeMarco and think he can be a top running back coach in the country. Sounds like he's working out some issues with the room, and I respect his decision. But, man, he needs to figure out that room both on and off the field and quick. Same with the O-line to an extent. What does that mean? Oh, you're asking me or are you asking Sarks Vodka? Well, I'm both. Figure out that room. I mean, I'm sure he's got a good handle on the room and the talent level of the group. You know, let's let's just look at the pure and simple facts. Marcus Major is what he's a senior. Yeah, and you know he's been here for a while now, and there's. There's always been a lot of potential with him, but not a whole lot of it realized. There's been injuries that have really held him back throughout his career. You know, I I think you just kind of have to be honest with we know what we're getting with Marcus Major. Javante Barnes, a lot of excitement, had a really nice freshman campaign last year, but he had a foot surgery in the spring that clearly has had a huge impact on what his capabilities are this year. Um, Sawchuck didn't hardly play at all as a freshman because of a, a hamstring issue. Had a what looked like a really solid bowl game. Was hampered by the, the hamstring uh, again over the summer and Missed a ton of time in training camp and early in the season. He just hasn't had a whole lot of time. Hadn't played a whole lot of football. And per the head coach, not uh, practicing well. Not practicing well. And, you know, Tawi is a guy that's kind of, by process of elimination, really, has found himself as kind of the go-to back, trustworthy, durable, physical um, hangs on to the ball, good in pass pro, you know, is, is is just a solid back. So I guess my point is, like, we know what the talent is. Let's be honest about it. I, if You can't just expect a coach to go in and get a handle on the room and and change what he's working with. You also 
shouldn't expect a coach to change the way he operates in order to facilitate a personality or multiple personalities at a position group. Right? You've, you've got the way that you handle things, the way the head coach expects you to handle things, the way that you've always handled things, and that's the way you go about business. Now, outside of that, I, I guess that's what I'm saying. I don't know what that means when get a handle on that room. Uh, so. Okay, yeah, well, we had one that said, figure out that room equals Walker goes for over 100 yards against SMU, then gets zero carries the next game. Tulsa was the next game. I think that they were well, just trying to figure out some things at that I point I think the they season. were – yeah, remember that the overwhelming uh, mantra coming from the fan base at that time was you got to give the other guys some opportunities. Why aren't we seeing this guy? Why aren't we seeing that guy? And it was basically like, well, here you go. Here's the, here's the guys that you wanted to see. And I also think that the fact that they were trying to – uh, you know, keep injuries down and, and have less uh, exposure for some of those guys early on was a smart move. All right, got to hit a timeout late. Quick break, more from the rush coming up. A true Sooner fan wouldn't be caught dead without the KRF app. Join the Army, get the app, tell your friends. This is The Ref, where diehard Sooner fans listen. There are trucks, then there's the truck. GMC Sierra, with available features like the V8 engine, the ultimate luxury and... Please drive around. Actually, just park and come in. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. The country's going to find out. Everything runs through Lubbock. Everything runs through Lubbock. Hey, we're the team to beat. Oh, boy. If it's a Monday on this show, it probably means we're uh, trolling Joey McGuire and Texas Tech as Tech was favored to win in Provo on Saturday, and they lost their fifth game of the season. So, yeah, feels like every single Monday we're playing that audio clip at least twice to make fun of Texas Tech and uh, Joey McGuire. But the big news in the Big 12 today is that Quinn Ewers is week-to-week going to be out a few weeks. AC joint sprain in his throwing shoulder. Texas was lucky to win that game. Bad call on third down late. They led 21-0, and now they're going to be without their starting quarterback with games uh, against Kansas State and Iowa State on the road coming up here in the next three Mm -hmm. to four weeks or so. So, um, All right, Sark, your uh, brilliant offensive mind everyone claims you as. Here's a a real challenge for you to kind of – I would guess that they're going to have to alter the offense a bit. I mean, he's a big dude that can run around and make plays – can he throw it all over the yard like Ewers has been able to do at times this year? I, I I don't know. I'll be interested to see how they attack BYU on Saturday. Yeah, I I I would expect them because Jonathan Brooks has really emerged here recently. Um, he had another day where they handed it to him twenty times, right around a hundred yards. I would expect that they are going to be far heavier running the football they're going to take it out of uh, Malik Murphy's hands and you know and try and give him easy throws I would expect you know I would expect a lot of bubbles I would expect a lot of screen stuff um, 
maybe some RPOs, even though those can be really dangerous. Um, a lot of run game stuff. I, I think that they're, I don't know, let's say they've been 50-50 run pass up to this point. I would expect them to be 65-35 moving forward. I don't know what those exact what what it is exactly right now, but it's going to be heavier run moving forward well, to try and protect him. If we and a texter just said Arch Manning, if Arch gets to play any sort of significant snaps here, good or bad, it's going to end up being one of the biggest stories of the weekend. Sure. Does anyone is it, is it interesting at all that it's just automatically Malik Murphy and there's. I mean, he mentioned Arch Manning today, but it, it feels like this is Malik Murphy's offense moving forward. That's what I think, but but again, I have no idea. No clue. I haven't Don't heard, know how dude, close it was. I haven't heard anything about Arch Manning. I can practice this all. Nothing about him. Nothing. I know. And, you know, it may be one of those things where Arch Manning, you, you know, those are like tend to be family decisions with that group whenever some. I, maybe it was like a family decision that we want him to redshirt, you know. Don't and, be like Uncle Peyton and like uh, lead the NFL all time in interceptions your rookie season. Yeah. Well, yeah, I I just think I think it's wise, you know, to to maybe have a year to get acclimated and and not get thrown to the wolves, so to speak. You know, maybe that that's that's kind of what they asked for and wanted. Then again, I don't know. Maybe he jogs out there on Saturday as the starter. Be wild. No clue. Ar- Arch Manning jogs out on Saturday to be the starter against BYU. Heck, maybe it'll be a battle of true freshmen when uh, Texas plays Kansas State in a couple of weeks. Avery Johnson up there at K State's balling out. Though Will Howard actually played a lot better on Saturday, much right. better against TCU than he played against OSU. Two quarterback system looked pretty sexy for K State, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. Um, we talked about this earlier about the Big Twelve race. It is far from, from over, and I was definitely in the camp that I thought OU and Texas, the Monday after that game, two best teams, they're going to play again the conference championship, but Iowa State's found something. They've got one loss in conference. Mm-hmm. OSU's found something. They've got one loss in conference. K-State, like you said, they've really found something. They've got one loss in conference. And Texas has to play both of those teams. They can still lose another game and maybe still make it to Arlington. But it's going to be tough for them. It's it's not going to be a cakewalk for them to to make it to the championship game. It's crazy. I, I mean, at one point, Iowa State was what I they lost had to Ohio man only team that they they lost to Ohio and Iowa in back to back weeks and scored a grand total of twenty points in those games and then lost to Oklahoma or uh, beat Oklahoma State. And then lost in, in pretty big fashion to Oklahoma. But since then, looked really good against TCU, looked good against Cincinnati. And honestly, there were points. on offense, yeah. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. There were some points where they looked pretty daggum, uh, daggum good against Oklahoma, too. So they're going to be interesting to watch moving forward. Um, the whole conference is. They play Baylor this week. Uh, they've got Kansas at BYU. I mean, it's going to get tough for them at the end with Texas and Kansas State, but, hey, I, I mean, there may be a chance that Iowa State at Kansas State, last game of the season, maybe for who's going to the Big 12 championship. Farmageddon to go to Arlington. There you the, go. The way that it should be. Well, I mean, we can't exclude OU. they got a tough little test here moving We've forward got to as handle, well. Next handle business. Weeks. Handle business. All right, quick timeout. 
Final segment coming up next here from Newcastle Casino. Stay tuned. A true Sooner fan wouldn't be caught dead without the KRF app. Join the Army. Get the app. Tell your friends. This is The Ref, where diehard Sooner fans listen. There are trucks. Then there's the truck. GMC Sierra, with available features like the V8 engine, the ultimate luxury interior, and of course, the available world's first six-function multi-pro tailgate. GMC Sierra, not just any truck. 3-6, the Parkinson's Foundation. Better, Better lives, lives together. Final segment of the day, wrapping it up on this Reaction Monday. It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. Uh, it's it's just funny, man. It, game six in the NLCS. I, doing the show, kind of looking what's going on with this Quinn Ewers situation, totally forgot there was a baseball game on. Uh, they're in the bottom of the fifth in Philly right now. Diamondbacks four, Phillies one. Phillies can come back and win this game. They're going to the World Series. Otherwise, um, <laughs> we're going to a game seven. It's just... Crazy at 6 p.m. and they're already in the bottom of the fifth in Philadelphia in the NLCS. It's crazy, but there's been some fun games, man. There really have been. Oh, that um, Rangers Astros series has been crazy. It's been crazy. What I'm trying to remember what one was Friday night. Was that that was the Altuve three run bomb in yes. the top of the ninth? Yeah, that was crazy. And then the um, long delay after the two benches cleared. Benches cleared, mm. and then Arizona. Uh, with a big win, I mean, it's been wild. It looked like uh, this is. I don't even know why we're playing these championship series. Let's go straight to the World Series. It's Rangers, Phillies. Not so fast. Niners and Vikings tonight, Monday night football. San Fran a seven point favorite on the road at Minnesota. How do you think uh, Iowa State fans feel about Brock Purdy? I think statistically, he's probably in the top three. I mean, maybe even, like, number one of quarterbacks ever. Um, He got him that Fiesta Bowl win, but there were so many bad moments, and then now he goes to the Niners after being selected as Mr. Irrelevant. Like, maybe they love him there, and I'm sure that they do. It's just they got to be surprised like everyone else that Brock Purdy looks like the quarterback that he looks like at the NFL after some of those terrible turnovers. My guess is with every win – with the 49ers, they become more and more angry. <laughs> That's what I'm rooting for, for that to be the case. Because I mean, They were top a, 10 preseason going into 2021. Yeah. And they had all kinds of great talent. Brees Hall, uh, wideouts, Was Xavier ends. Hutchinson on that team? Yeah, an unbelievable defense. Yeah, it was as shocking as it is to say, like, that was one – of the uh, teams that had the most and did the least uh, that I've seen, especially for someone that you would think would have that mindset that wouldn't, like, uh, get ahead of themselves and, like, feel like they've arrived and they can just cruise. I I can't explain what happened with that squad. Uh, A lot of terrible Brock Purdy turnovers is some of what happened there. On their way to a six-win, seven-win season, whatever it was. Uh, Softball Steve says if the weather turns nasty Saturday at Kansas, OU 27, Hawks 10. I haven't looked at the radar for Lawrence. Is it supposed to be bad on Saturday? Well, yeah, because we're about to get rain. I think it's going to start tonight and uh, over the next couple of days. We can get somewhere between, you know, five, seven inches uh, maybe. 
and then there's going to be some cooler weather come in uh, later on. So I don't know exact. I haven't seen exactly what it is for Lawrence, but I know it's supposed to get cooler over the region and be wet. Ah, well, I can't wait to answer the question all week long. What? Who does a wet game? Who's that favor? Who, who does precip? Who does that favor on Saturday? I say get uh, Gabriel's got small hands. <laughs> 50s and overcast is the weather forecast, according to the text line. Oh, this is from yeah. someone in Lawrence, Kansas. Thank you. That's nice. Awesome. I always like going to Lawrence. I really do. It's a cool town. Cool town. Pretty surroundings. Um, I bet it's going to be a good good football game, though. All right, that's it for us. You guys killed it on the text line. As always, you drive the show. We're just along for the ride. Let's go have an ice-cold Pacifico. You're listening to the home of Sooner fans, KREF, Norman, Oklahoma, and streaming live on the KREF app.